Season 1 is over. We tackled Jason Voorhees, Pinhead, and Death himself. We have survived. A new year has come. Season 2 of Beauty and the Geast Podcast has begun. Where uh, we continue to watch movies so that you don't have to. I am one of your two fantastic co-hosts, uh, Pat DeGeest, along with my man, The Beauty. That'll be me, and uh, we are continuing on the, uh, I guess, the, the sweltering Texas Backwoods series of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We are doing uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Came out in 1990. I, I had to rent it on Amazon. I don't know if you can get it anywhere for free. I didn't find it. I also rented it on Amazon. I did not see it. Uh, yeah, also anywhere for free. So we are actually almost to episode. Well, we got we got a few more before we get to episode 100. But uh, this is be episode 91. Hell yeah, man! We're kicking ass, rolling right along. Yep. So we're get we're getting there. Uh, there was, I guess, a couple notable names in this in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Main one being Vigo Mortensen, also known as well, I should say, best known as Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean Ken Forey, who played Benny. Um, he is also a, a not really, I guess, a, a name that you would uh, really recognize, but when you see his face, you would recognize him. So, I think yeah, I, he's he's another one of those guys that seems like there's almost everyone in in every horror movie, <laughs> or, or sometimes two or three. Yeah, the next one. Well, there, there's some definite names that uh, that will be recognized. So. Uh, before we dive into the review, uh, where do you want to begin? What, what we've been up to? Did you do your Magic the Gathering homework assignment this week? Uh, actually, no, I forgot. But uh... <laughs> that's all right. We could just we could just discuss uh, I don't know, life. I mean, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't take real long. I mean, there, there's basically the the only real cards that I want from this set, which actually, other than the specific reprints I actually purchased yesterday when I was uh, out doing some gaming, which was the five uh, virtues. Okay, that makes it easy. The virtues yeah. are interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like the I like the adventure mechanic and also having you know a pretty significant uh, secondary ability on an enchantment like that is is really good, but. I was too busy playing Arena this morning and forgot completely about looking at the, the best cards that I wanted for that. But <laughs> those are the cards that I purchased. So The five virtues. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting way to get... Obviously, magic is all about just cards, right? Cards in your hand and card drawing. This is yeah. really just a, a secondary form of card drawing, almost, where, where these cards each have a couple of functions. So it's just yep. it's just the same, you know, half dozen of one or <laughs> six of one, half dozen of the other. If you get two uses out of each one of these cards. Yep, exactly. How about you? Did you did you go through and do it? 
I did, and it uh, it was weird. I did not. It was a struggle. I'm not saying the set's bad, but I ended up with not my usual colors. Uh, a lot of white. We'll just go through them. This is this is my number five stroke of midnight. Nothing spectacular. Uh, one white, two colorless instant. Destroy target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a one-one white human creature token. Just uh, very effective removal, instant speed, can destroy just about anything. And uh, I guess they get a 1-1, one, one, but that's fine. You can have a 1-1 one, one human all day long. <laughs> yeah, 1-1s one, are not a big deal. Yep. Uh, my number four was Virtue of Loyalty, the white virtue. I liked right. it mostly. I think it's probably the cheapest one. That might be why I liked it. And I think it will... And games pretty quickly with its effect if you let it get out of hand, which is uh, the instant speed. You get a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance. You know, that's all right for two mana. But the uh, the enchantment, two white, three colorless. At the beginning of your up step, uh, end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and untap all those creatures. So that's going to give you yeah. a pretty huge advantage pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All you need is... Two creatures, and for for five mana, that is an absolutely ridiculous ability. Yeah, yeah, you will. <laughs> you can you, you know. can attack, and then you buff them and make them up. You know, make them available for blocking. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it should be a game ender quickly if people don't have an answer. Yeah, uh, my number three, <laughs> maybe not quite the game ender, but I just liked uh, another white card, Regal. Bunny corn. <laughs> this is a nice rare. One white, one colorless. Uh, star, star, power, and toughness. Regal bunny corn's power and toughness are each equal to the number of non-land permanents you control. Which I th should always, in my, I think, be bigger than what you pay for. Maybe, you know, sometimes it won't be, but I think it will often be very big for two mana. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... At, at at a minimum, it's a one one that just keep constantly gets bigger as you play more things. But yeah, more than likely, it's gonna be, um, it, it's a grizzly bears that grows because it's probably gonna be even if you play it on with white the way that white is for standard sets lately. Um, there's a good chance that if you play it on turn two, it's gonna be a two two. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. And white standard tends to drop a lot of white weenies and your your bunny's just gonna wreck face yep uh let's see number oh, hold on i just closed out number two was hilda of the icy crown legendary creature white one white one blue two colorless uh whenever you tap an untapped creature and opponent controls you may pay one. When you do, choose one. Uh, you can create a 4-4 four, four white and blue elemental, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, or scry true and draw a card. And this is one, you know, I would almost build a tapping commander deck based on this. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that seems really, that seems pretty powerful. Yeah, like, like tapping is always just... Uh, you know, it certainly can affect the game, especially if your opponent has one big thing. But 
then you also get you know card draws or more creatures or, or your stuff bigger and there are a few there are a few other things in the set that i uh that didn't make a list that will work really well with this so i don't know if yeah. we'll actually make the deck but it's a fun different thing that i haven't done before all right, and your number one. Number one, hell yes, the Goose Mother. <laughs> in your face, Brian. In your face, Brian. Bird Hydra, the best card in this new set, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, probably not really. Uh, largely, be this is because we mainly play Commander, and my girlfriend has a bird deck with a kind of mediocre Commander. This one's much better. Yeah, but you can't even use it since it's green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to re completely remake the bird deck somehow, which it might do. But uh, it's a green, a blue, and X callus. Uh, Goose Munter Mother enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. And when the Goose Mother enters the battlefield, create half of X food tokens. Round it up. So, uh, so just that part is nice because. In Commander, you know, your Commander's going to die often. Um, that almost negates it every time you cast it with those treasure tokens. Or the bottom ability is also quite good. Uh, when the Goose Mother attacks, you may sacrifice a food if you do draw a card. So. Right, and there is a four-cost enchantment that turns all of your food tokens into essentially forests as well. There you go. We might... I've been lazy in creating decks these days, but I might have a tapping deck or a new goose mother bird slash food deck <laughs> that we won't well, play. <laughs> and and if you if you made it into green, white, blue, there's a whole bunch of stuff from Lord of the Rings that revolves around food tokens as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's some I know Chuck had some uh preconstruct decks that were yeah, all about the food. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could get something that's pretty ridiculous to be a bit for for the food deck and to to play the goose mother in. So, but yes, if if I had to uh, rate the five virtues, I would say probably the red one would be number five, black one four, uh, blue two three, green two, white one. So, yeah, yeah. We'll it's, just, uh... that, that's my that's my rankings. <laughs> Perfect. See, we did it, man. You just you got there uh, in an abstract way. Yep. We don't need to explain what they do. Look them up on Mythic Spoilers, TCG <laughs> Player, eBay, wherever you want. You've had anything else going on besides uh, making your way to the game shop? to buy some virtues uh i did i played some stargrave last night um just a fun little casual minis game and i actually had a job interview yesterday so and oh nice it, it went well enough that uh it was a phone interview and it went well enough that they wanted to set up an in-person interview for early next week as well so i'm hoping that the in-person interview goes as well as I thought the phone interview did. Yeah, that's and, a good sign. Uh, and and uh, yeah, and I can finally get back to work because it's been four months and I'm ready to go back to work. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, your return interview is a great sign, man. It means you're in the top, who knows, one to four people or something. Well, and and to, and to set it up at the you know at the end of the phone interview as well. You know, right, so it's like right. it wasn't even like did the phone interview, then they called me back a couple hours later to set up a, a in-person interview. So, so yeah, I got that on Tuesday coming up next week. So, and to the surprise of no one, uh, I'm kind of excited about the return of the football season. Since we are recording this on Thursday, it is the uh, opening uh, night for the NFL season. Kansas City and Detroit are playing, so we'll get to hear all about how great Patrick Mahomes is for the first night of the season. <laughs> we should should we do our Vikings prediction again. I uh, so yeah, we certainly can. Um, without putting any thought or preparation or even looking at the schedule. Uh, I was way off last year. I think I went like, I don't even know, eight and nine or something, I believe was my guess. And you were pretty close, weren't you? I don't remember exactly what I had. I know I wrote them down, but I don't know what I did with the notebook that I wrote them down in. I know you were closer than I was. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I was closer than you were. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I and I will I will give you a prediction for your Arizona Cardinals as well. <laughs> All right, let's uh we'll do them both. Um Vikings, like I said, without any thought or planning, I'm gonna be more optimistic, largely because I have Kirk Cousins as one of my fantasy quarterbacks. So I am biased now towards the Vikings. I'm gonna go with a uh, solid eleven and six. All right, that's it. That's exactly the same as what I was gonna say. I was eleven <laughs> and six. Do you have any thought or, or reasons besides fantasy football, or just do you hope they win? Um, I, the only fantasy football league that I am in is my nephew wanted to run a league, so um, he he wanted to participate. So my brother set up a league that is essentially uh, it's a six person league that was done by auto draft. So there's no skill involved in it whatsoever. It's for zero money. It's just to help, you know, help my ten-year-old nephew have fun with it. Wow, six-person so, auto draft league. Yeah, we're we're involved, heavily involved <laughs> in fantasy football. Uh, I mean, I used to be a lot more involved with it, but then that's all anybody want, ever wanted to talk about. So I was just like, no, I'm just done. I'm done with it. And and everybody, between that being all anybody ever talked about. And the fact that everybody's like, oh, well, join my league. It's only 50 bucks. And it's just like, right. But if I'm, you know, if I have 10 invites to leagues that want me to play in their fantasy football league, you know, another 50 bucks a piece, it's $500. I, I don't care that much to invest in, in that much into fantasy football. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you, man. I used to be really into it and like, I don't know. 2000 aughts but now i just i just do it because a couple of my friends do a league and i i go through the motions yeah i mean yes i will go in and set my lineup every week but i'm not gonna go in and propose all these random trades that i think i don't have a i didn't have a sleeper board prepared because it was an auto draft um you know so i mean i will take it seriously enough to 
pay attention to it, but I'm not going to take it seriously to post shit talk on the message board or anything like that. Because I'm going <laughs> to... As much fun as it is to to shit talk my nephew, he still is only what I think they're ten or eleven years old. So <laughs> I don't even know his exact age. Yeah, man, and that's all you have to do really to make it fun. Is is everybody sets a lineup every week, and you know the winners and losers will shake out in the end. The only but it, it, leagues only get annoying in my opinion if somebody abandons their team halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, which always happens. Yes. And you've got some comedy shows coming up because I know that uh, it did come up that you're going to miss Crypticon now. I do. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the bad news. I uh, these should be fun though. I've got another New York kind of big time name headliner who's been reaching out. This time it's uh, it's Mike Kaplan wanted to do a couple of shows. Well, it's going to be four shows now. So we have uh, one on September 9th in Brainerd, Minnesota. One on September 10th in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. I should name the venues too. It's Yesterday's Gone in Brainerd, Wusos in Duluth. And then, uh, the, yeah, the following weekend, I guess I'll, uh, yeah, I'll get into those. <laughs> the 15th of September in International Falls and the 16th of September in Bemidji. Thunderbird Lodge and Keg and Cork, respectively. So, okay. And you've done, you've done, uh, obviously, yesterday's gone. You do what once a month, roughly every, every few weeks. Yeah. That one's picking up. I've, yeah, that one is, uh, it just gets a good turnout. It's got a larger population base. So I've been hitting that one more. Lots of tourists. Eric Brainerd is kind of a tourist section of the state as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've done the Thunderbird Lodge as well, but Wusos, I, I believe, if, I, if I'm if Yeah, Thunderbird Lodge I've done twice, I believe. Uh, Wasn't that the one with Mary Mack? Yep. And uh, Bemidji's brand new. This is a brand new venue, uh, Keg and Cork, and they've been great. Uh, I love enthusiastic owners who communicate well. And uh, like are just as excited to get comedy as I am. So and, and so far they've been fantastic. So I think that will be a venue I return to a lot as well. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, as long as they want you back, you know, hey, that's that's obviously a good thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, tickets will sell well, and they'll have you back. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Mary Mac, this is a fun story. Uh, just past Labor Day, I was in northern Wisconsin. Because my mom's got a cabin there for Labor Day. And we went to the city of Port Wing. They have, I believe, the country's largest fish boil festival in Port Wing, Wisconsin. And I went there and uh, Mary Mack was there. So we, we ate boiled fish <laughs> <laughs> together. And it's hilarious because they have like giant cauldrons. With huge, just like they take a whole, I don't even know what it was, trout maybe, and just uh, slice it, you know, into uh, discs. They don't debone it, and they just boil large chunks of trout, and you get in line, and they give you a slice of trout, big, like two-inch thick slice of trout, some potatoes, uh, an onion, and then like a ladle of butter that they butter over the top of it. 
<laughs> and all you can drink beer for 20 bucks. <laughs> all right. Seems pretty good. Other than the, you know, I mean, wouldn't make a difference to me for the all you can drink beer because that would be zero. Sure. <laughs> I had about five and I probably should have had about three, but I was trying to get my money's worth. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you figure even a, you know, a bottle of beer is four bucks, five, you got your money's worth. Plus you got some fish. Yes, and it was it was a fun time, great time at uh, I think they just call it fish boil, <laughs> world's largest fish boil. Yes, the Port Wing Fish Boil Festival or something. It was it was fun. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, I guess we will. Uh, I think that that covers everything that's been going on in life. I mean, at least we can stretch this out because i don't think the movie review is going to take that long <laughs> no it's going to be another one of those i think we get through quickly yeah yeah so uh yeah we will uh, again start out from the beginning of the movie they went back through uh again recapping just uh just a little like star wars scrolly screen for the uh the original movie, and then it says that uh, Sally died in 1977. So we've already moved past the, uh, you know, because everything from the second movie was happening almost immediately after the first one. So we've yep. moved past that. We're into the 80s slash 90s at this point. It doesn't really specify when that I remember. Uh, but they recap that. Uh, Sally died in 1977, and they had caught, was it W.E. Sawyer? Um, yeah, I think so. W.E. or E.W., which whichever, and it was E.N.W., I don't remember the order of the initials, but they had caught him, and put. he died in the gas chamber in 1981. Um, they determined that Leatherface was a, an alter ego of his. Um, and that there was no actual Leatherface still out there, but if there was, then the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had gone unsolved. And uh, <laughs> and what do you think at this point? Do you think there's a real Leatherface out there, or do you think it's done? I mean, if it was done, they wouldn't have made this third movie. So yeah. I, I kind of, I was under the assumption that it was, uh, I mean, and and... Along with everything else, it just seemed like, you know, hey, it's a movie, you know, it's a movie. Of course, the cops are wrong saying the murder's been solved. Yeah, and, we know. all know it's coming. So we open up with uh, Benny and Michelle driving through the Texas desert um, and they hit an armadillo. I think it's Ryan and Michelle, right? Benny's the uh Oh yes, yes, Benny Benny is the Benny's the survive the doomsday prepper. Yes, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. Yes. I, I'm looking right at the screen and said Benny when I <laughs> looking right <laughs> at his picture here. So uh you can tell it was that kind of movie. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the uh the and the this is interesting, and I don't want to trash this movie too much, but the armadillo scene was maybe the hardest scene to watch in the whole thing like it's, <laughs> it's the bloodiest scene i think 
Yeah, they, yeah. They, they wing an armadillo as they're road tripping through the desert, and uh, they stop to check it out, and it's half dead and suffering. And yeah, Michelle's like, we got to put it out of its misery. I'll get a rock. She can't do it. And she's like staring at it, and it's like squeaking, covered in blood. And uh, she yeah. can't do it, and Ryan finishes it off, just a, a, smashes it with a, a rock the size of like a football or something. Yeah, this was th- this was by far the the most graphic scene that there was in there, and they and they didn't even. I mean, yes, they showed it after they had hit it as they walked up to look at it, but they didn't show him squish it or anything like that with the rock. They just made the sound and the little squeal and and cut back to it. Which after that we cut to uh, Aragorn. <laughs> uh, Aragorn in. Tex. <laughs> yes, his name Morton's in this movie in. is Tex, but uh, yeah, he he's uh, again. Um, may, maybe you might know him as Adalgo, but uh, he, he was he was Aragorn. Um. <laughs> Yeah, our, our uh, heroes, well, presumed heroes, Michelle and Ryan, stop at a gas station where uh, Tex gets dropped off, right? He's hitchhiking. Yep, he's hitchhiking. He gets dropped off. Uh, Tinker, I believe, is the other guy that's there <laughs> as well. The, the gas station attendant is sitting there cutting up nudie magazines with some scissors <laughs> When, yeah, when Ryan and Michelle pull in and want some gas, and uh, Ryan goes to use the pisser while uh, Tinker is filling everything up with gas, but he spooks Michelle first with some sort of skull thing on a, uh, um, I don't know, it was like on, on, a, on a stick. Yeah, and yeah then, it was like a, who knows, some vermin skull on a stick or some toy, I don't know. Yeah, and like sticks it in the window to spook her and then snaps her picture with a Polaroid camera. Again, reminding you of the hitchhiker from the first one. And then tries to sell her the Polaroid picture. Well, you know, $5, it's a good picture. And he's like like crazy inbred hillbilly guy. He's got one like milky clouded over eye, like bad teeth, dirty as hell, you know, talking, talking like they do. He looks like he belongs working in a remote gas station. Yes. Yeah, and he gets a little creepy, a little forward with his advances. Oh, he's, he is definitely creepy and forward. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's talking about how he's gonna gonna fill her up good. Not sure at that point whether he's talking about Michelle or the car. Yeah, you're gonna like it. But he he is filling filling up the car, and uh, so. Ryan gets done taking a gigantic poop in the bathroom <laughs> and obviously leaves it for Michelle to follow after that. And uh, she goes in and Tinker decides he's going to, yeah, he's he's got a little peephole in the wall, which I don't know what that good that even does or whatever, but... Uh, Tex at that point is trying to convince Ryan to bring him to the next town, and they, you know, they say, "Oh, it's you know, we're delivering this car. We don't have time to to d- deviate from our route." And Tex says, "Oh, I'll show you. You know, like you're going to here, 
and points it on the map. He's like, well, this road that's right behind me here is not even on this map. So he's like, I can show you a faster way. At that point, he notices Tinker is not around. Trying to fi- he's trying to figure out where he is. Uh, somehow knows that there's a, a peephole in the office that goes into the bathroom. And starts, uh, yell, you know, starts throwing Tinker around, threatening him. When Tinker grabs a shotgun. <laughs> and Tex is like, oh, you know, tell, tells Ryan and Michelle to get in their car and go. And of course, being a horror movie, or what is supposed to be considered a horror movie, the car won't start right away. Yeah. But you would think, okay, this guy has a shotgun and he's pointing at them. And the first, you know, five, six, ten tries, the car won't start. But yet he doesn't. If he was going to shoot them, he would have shot, you know, he would have had plenty of time to shoot them while the car wouldn't start. But he didn't shoot anybody. He didn't shoot Tex. He didn't shoot Ryan. He didn't shoot Michelle. Um, Yeah, he waits. He waits for them to, for, you know, a good uh, 10 seconds or something, waits for them to get the start carded. Get the car started. Peel out of the parking lot. They get, who knows, uh, 100 feet up the road. And then he blasts one into the rear windshield. Yeah, a, sa- a safe distance to where it's not going to do any harm to anyone, but might, yeah, might bust out the window. And then looks like he's going to shoot. Then, then apparently from, you know, 10 feet away, he can't hit the broad, the broad side of a barn. Like, he can hit the back window of a moving car. At a hundred, you know, at a hundred feet, you know, just just say you know 30, 35 yards, but can't hit a person from ten feet away with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it uh, and from the vantage point of Michelle and Ryan, yeah, it looks like he turns and blasts one into into Tex. Yeah, but but Tex also doesn't go down. Like you don't see him fall to the ground or anything like that like he did get shot which is why i say that he can't yeah you know why he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn <laughs> but yeah so they're they're speeding off and uh ryan's like oh take take the te- you know take texas road and he's like what and michelle doesn't know what he, they were talking about so he's like just take the next right and so she does they're driving through the country backwoods when all of a sudden uh it went from daylight to dark like immediately Yes. And, and uh now they open up the you know the the car you know the, the mechanics bay take off the tarp of, of the tr- you know of, of the gigantic truck that has tons of lights on it and everything so they can see better in the dark and uh they take you know that truck takes off after the car which does eventually um again it went immediately from day to night, catches up to them. Um, <laughs> right. They, yeah. they throw a, a dead wolf slash coyote onto the hood of the car, causing them to run over something they shouldn't and get a flat tire. Yeah, yeah. It, the, uh, the time doesn't quite line up. That car should have had at least like a... I don't know, a couple hours head start, but they they catch up immediately. Yeah, cause this accident. Um, and then speed off, which again is kind of stupid, but the pickup truck just speeds off for a while. 
Uh, they leave Ryan and Michelle to change a tire. Um, he's working on it. They are they are spooked. They are on edge. You know, she's holding the flashlight. He's like, keep it on the tire. And she's like, I, I hear something. They might the truck might be coming back. I don't know where they are. Yeah, which I, I will say, I mean, I've also had a, a story of, you know, trying to change a tire in the dark and getting yelled at about not holding the flashlight on the on the tire. But I was also bleeding profusely when that was happening that I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> so how badly uh, it, it was it was pretty bad. Um, I, I was. I was at work. This is when I still lived in Mora, and this will get us off track here a little bit, but it'll also kill time since this movie sucked ass. Hey, I'm all good for a bleeding profusely story. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went, you know, went to work. I was gonna just leaving work, closing up the restaurant. This is when I worked in in the restaurant there, and uh, not not at Freddy's. This is when I worked at Grandma's Kitchen. I come out and my tire is flat. So, you know, gonna, gonna I call call my parents. My dad comes up. He's got a flashlight. We're gonna work on changing the tire. So I start trying to loosen up the lug nuts, and uh, I had one of the chisel ends on there because it had the old uh, hubcaps that you had to pry off to get at the lug nuts. Sure. And the the lug nuts wouldn't come loose. So when I was trying to loosen them up, my hand slipped and went across the top of the. Uh, Top of top of the chisel end of the tire iron and uh, ripped ripped my hand from uh, essentially from right above my thumb to halfway across you know almost uh, almost three quarters of the way across my palm <laughs> and it was dark so I didn't know that sure it just hurt <laughs> it hurt like a motherfucker and so you know after that happened you know he he grabbed the you know the the tire wrench the tire iron to finish up he's like yeah i was gonna tell you you should wear some gloves well fucking thanks thanks <laughs> and, and, and i still don't i still don't know so like my hand you know my my right hand of course it's my right hand that that slipped and and got cut so i'm holding the flashlight in my left hand my right hand is absolutely throbbing and my arm is starting to get warm <laughs> and, and like like I keep trying to kind of move my hand up enough to get it into the light to see. But every time I shift the light a little bit, he starts bitching that I'm moving the flashlight. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm cut here. You know, I think I'm bleeding. I need to look at this. <laughs> and he, fine, you know, fine. Just, you know, bitching about it. And I look at it and my entire forearm is covered in blood. <laughs> And there's probably about a five, six inch puddle of blood on the ground where it was leaking off of my elbow. Oh, it's a classic dad. <laughs> Change so, tires with your dad. Like, just hold the light steady. So, yeah. So, anyway, it's like we go in, have to go back into the restaurant because it's like have to get some sort of towel or something like that to clean up my arm or anything. And I have to dig my keys out of my right pocket with my left hand because my right hand is full of blood. Sure. I have to walk to the back of the restaurant to where the first aid kit is dripping blood all the way back there. After this restaurant has been closed 
mopped up everything. And you know, I'm washing it out in the sink, and my mom came back there with me, and she, she's just standing there holding bandages, like not even opening them. And she's like, you know, I looked at her, I was like, well, you're going to, you know, can you, you're going to open those and help, you know, help put them on. And she's just like, well, we need to wait till it stops bleeding. I'm like, I can see the insides of my hand. This is not going to stop bleeding until we get pressure on it. <laughs> so she opens them up, you know, she opens up the bandages. We put on, we put on a bandage and, you know, it's like, yeah. And I have this gigantic scar on the palm of my hand from a fucking chisel and tire iron and got bitched at for trying to see how badly I was injured. And you know what? They didn't even offer to take me to the doctor. <laughs> your your tire changing story has more blood than this movie did. It does. It it, it really does. <laughs> so yeah. So after and get get everything all you know bandaged up and everything like that, then I have to go back and mop the whole restaurant <laughs> over again because I dripped blood from my mop. elbow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the entire length of the restaurant, which. <clears throat> Luckily, was just you know it wasn't carpet or anything like that. It was just tile. But I had to go through and mop the entire restaurant all over again. Hey, that's dedication to your job, man. Well, I mean, I can't exactly leave you know blood drips all over. But then I had to go explain to my boss, who was actually at my neighbor's house because it was the night of their wedding reception anyway, what had happened to my hand and why I couldn't work the next day. <laughs> How would he take it? Ah, uh, he was fine. He was uh, three sheets to the wind at a wedding reception, and he wanted to know how bad it was. So I showed him the cut, and he's just like, "Yeah, don't come in." <laughs> <laughs> Good. But, but I probably shouldn't have driven home that night because I mean I think I lost quite a bit of blood. So yeah, sounds like it, man. If there's a puddle on the ground, geez. yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So anyway, yeah, we get back to this movie about the tire changing. Uh, yes, you do hear some squeaks and find out that uh, well, they do some quick cuts to to that, and uh, yeah, it is. Uh, you see somebody walking with a knee brace, and you don't know who it is, but you know you they they don't show anything of what's going on. They just show somebody walking with a squeaky knee brace, but you have a pretty good idea of of what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, Michelle, here's, you know, the squeaking getting closer. She's flicking the flashlight, you know, making sure, seeing, trying to see where the sound's coming from. You do kind of get a glimpse of his silhouette there, but she doesn't have enough of the flashlight on him to notice that it's actually a person. It looks like it, it pretty well blends into the woods there. And uh, Ryan is... Obviously struggling to change the tire because he's a nerdy guy. He's a pre-med student who's probably never changed a tire in his life. He's struggling a little bit. It honestly didn't seem like they even had the car jacked up. No, it didn't seem like that. <laughs> it's just a hard way to change a tire. <laughs> well, and, and here, here's the other part too, right? So they didn't have the car jacked up. And it didn't look like they had a tire iron. Because he was loosening all the lug nuts by hand. Yes. <laughs> and putting them in the hubcap. And he just got them finger tight to when Leatherface case shows up. And 
of course, the you know they're on the driver's side. Leatherface is at the front of the car. Again, this is another part that I don't understand that that's coming up right right here. But uh, yeah, uh, you know they panic, get get in the car. Of course, the driver's side back door is locked because you know Ryan has to run around the back of the car because otherwise this next part here wouldn't make sense. He gets in the back passenger door. And Leatherface just stays behind the car as Michelle's trying to get it started and and going. And, uh, yeah, Leatherface tries to get at them through the back window. Finishes busting out the rest of the back window with a chainsaw from uh, where where the tinker had shot out the hole in the back window earlier. Finally, the car starts. Michelle throws it in reverse, backs over Leatherface. He... Gets drops the chainsaw, uh, rips the back lid of the trunk off. Of it. <laughs> yes, and he's, and then he's taking the most ineffective route to get at these two. <laughs> yes, I mean uh, again, you have guy with shotgun threatening to shoot people that doesn't shoot them while they're trying to get the car started for 15 to 20 seconds. Now you have guy with chainsaw trying to chainsaw them through the, you know, while trying to lean over the back of the trunk manages to chainsaw the back of the trunk when the car won't start again. And they have to, you know, rather than going around to where Ryan was and busting out that window, he just tries to reach in through the back window and then somehow is able to, rip the metal lid off of the trunk after being run over by the car. Yep. As they get the car started and peel out. It's, uh... yep. With with finger-tight lug nuts. <laughs> and he does kind of address it after he, they he get out of there. He, de- he definitely does. He definitely does address it saying, you know, they need to pull over to, uh, you know, t- finish tightening up the lug nuts because they could lose a tire, which... Absolutely would happen. If those lug nuts are loose, that car is going to be driving so terribly because that tire is going to be bouncing back and forth. And, and, you know, that tire is going to wobble so bad that the car is not going to be drivable, especially when you're trying to speed off at 60 miles an hour. Yeah, so it's half addressed. It doesn't address how he unscrewed them in the first place. But, yeah, but again, you also have to set up the plot of a movie and you can see why this is rated at 13%. Yeah, this stuff doesn't, you know, make a lot of sense. But anyway, yes, they're speeding along. She's getting ready to pull over. And now they kind of jump cut between Benny, who's driving his Jeep, and Ryan and Michelle in the Mercedes. And suddenly uh, there's like a face in the road. Looks like there's a person in the road. Uh, Michelle swerves, but... Didn't see Benny there at all because I didn't see him until after they both went their separate direction. It looked like they were on different stretches of road. Yeah, when when they both they you know uh, Michelle and Ryan go off the right side of the road, Benny goes off the left side of the road from the direction that uh, Michelle and Ryan were going. Um, Benny gets out and goes to search for. Michelle, you know, Michelle and Ryan make sure they're okay. Comes across Ryan, gives him some pain pills, starts wiping off his the blood off his face. He's like, Oh, we gotta get Michelle out of the car. So they go get Michelle out of the car. 
and of course, you know, uh, they get the whole crew there again. Leatherface shows up, starts chasing. Well, Benny is off on his own. He's he's going to to get uh, to look at stuff. He's going to get stuff from his car. Well, he had kind of. They had warned Benny, like, we're being chased, you know, by... They're trying to kill us. Madman with a chainsaw is trying to kill us. And Benny, like, sort of half believes him, but is starting to. So, yeah, he, he goes up to the wreck his wreckage to, like, uh, get some, I don't know, supplies or something. Yeah, he... When when Ryan says it, he thinks he's just, you know, uh, a little punch drunk from the accident. But then when Michelle says it, too, then he starts to believe them. Yeah. So as he's going back to get some supplies from his Jeep, because he's talking about how he's going up to a survivalist camp and he's getting ready, he's, he's doomsday prepping. Uh, Hell yeah. It, it, it say he's prepping for the big explosion <laughs> and uh, heading out to the to this camp. As he's heading to his Jeep, he sees uh, another truck there with uh, the guys putting out road flares. So he talks to the guy. He's going to give him a ride to, to town or whatever. While Michelle and Ryan are sleeping on the ground because the pain pills that they've been given are making them super tired, gave them some fentanyl or some shit. Yeah, and, it seems uh, like it. Some some GHB. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Benny is trying to load up his pockets or whatever, some sort of pouch or something like that. Because he's got a ton of ammo with him there. <laughs> and, yes, it's all over the ground after the accident. It, yeah, and, and he he's picking it up, and the guy you know keeps you know keeps trying to hurry him up, and he keeps trying to buy some time to load up more ammo, which I don't remember at this point seeing a gun or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah picking up ammo, yeah, and uh, he gets keep getting yelled at to get in the truck. He finally goes to to hop in the truck, and he sees uh, he sees like a chainsaw back there in the back seat. So now he's on edge. He's like, "Oh, just give me a minute. I forgot something." And, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, now they suspect something. So now they turn on the the bar lights on the top of the truck and trying to run him off the road and Leatherface shows up now and he's kind of chasing Benny and he's got Benny pretty well cornered when uh, I believe it, the name of the character is Sarah shows up and she just is like, Hey, I'm over here. You're looking for me in the fur. Anyway, come get me and runs off through the woods. And Leatherface is like, Oh yeah, she's right. I don't need to kill anybody but her. So let me go chase her down. Cause you know, my knee brace, I can keep up with her pretty well. Yeah. Leaves Benny alone. So he, he's off the hook for a while. And yeah, and I think it is Sarah, but I don't know if she has her, ever says her name. It's just in the credits, I believe. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know that she ever said it, but I see it here. Uh, listed on, on rotten tomatoes.com. Uh, so anyway, yeah, she runs off into the woods. Leatherface chases after her. Uh, within like five seconds, she loses Leatherface, <laughs> and also like finds Benny, <laughs> and and yeah, and circles back to get to get to where Benny is. She's tricky. She's she's got some uh, outdoor survival skills, apparently. 
And she, well, she's lost her marbles as well. So she's, you find out in her chats with Benny that she's apparently been hunted by uh, the Sawyers for a while. For, and, yeah, a week. Or a week. maybe, maybe, maybe three days, maybe five days, maybe a week. She doesn't know. She is good at, at losing Leatherface, but it's also taking some wear and tear on her mind. Because she's kind of out of it at this point. Yeah, she says they, they watch the roads, so you can't use the roads. You have to stick to the woods, and she's been in the woods for... She says it for seven days, and then she's, then she's talking about how her friends... Again, her friends, which are not spoken of in this movie, they're all dead, apparently. Um, they were all killed. She's the only one left. They showed up three day, five days ago, then she says three days ago, then she says seven days ago. Uh, so, yeah, she has no idea... What she's what she's doing? Yeah, <laughs> and like uh, yeah. Meanwhile, um, Michelle and Ryan have kind of woken up. They're walking around just like yelling for Benny, which is not a good move in this scenario. And Sarah's just like, "Leave them. They're they'll be dead <laughs> soon." Yeah, they'll be dead in minutes. And but Benny's a good guy. He he goes to help. Um, you know, we just got done complimenting how good Sarah was at evading Leatherface. Not anymore. Like she, Benny goes to help Michelle and Ryan, and Sarah's left to her own devices. Uh, she walks through the forest, like sees a dangling chainsaw from a tree, and like uh, looks around. No, her her hairs on the back of her neck are up. It's too late. Leatherface grabs her, kind of like chokes her out on the tree, and then uh, chainsaws her. Yep, which, again, they show nothing. Yeah, and this is like... Is this the first real kill? Yeah. 40, this, we're like halfway through the movie at this point. Yeah, the most the most blood we have is from the car accident. Yes, yes. Like, I just... I'll say it at the end. I just want more people to die in my murder movies. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and or be even if it's not, you know, there's not a lot of ton of death or anything that have them be suspenseful, right? You know, I mean, like it's just yeah, there just wasn't anything really that happened in this, and it, it felt like kind of like the middle section of it. It, it felt like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes, yeah, way too long setup. There was nothing that really happened in this movie that couldn't have been a five-minute clip in another movie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, Benny's trying to track them down. Michelle and Ryan are trekking through the woods trying to figure, you know, figure out. They come across a house. (laughs) They'll find help in there. I'm sure of it. Well, of course. Everybody that lives in a house has got to be nice. Mm-hmm. Michelle goes in. Uh, she finds a, uh, encounters a little girl who's kind of teary-eyed and crying. It looked like Viggo Mortensen's face superimposed on a little girl's body. <laughs> Ooh, whoa, oh, her name was just Little Girl. Yeah. In, the, in my credits on IMDb. Yeah, that's what it is on, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes, too. It just says... Uh, they don't even have little girl listed. 
on there. But I think I think that's what it said. That that's what it said at the credits at the end of the movie. So was just little girl. Yeah, and Sarah is uh, nice, even though she's in a survival situation. She's nice enough to be like, uh, "I will help this crying little girl in the strange house." So she like kind of goes up to her. Uh, the girl shows her her creepy doll, and then stabs, or not Sarah, Michelle stabs Michelle with like a little. I don't look like a big nail or a something you sew like crochet with one of those things. <laughs> A knitting needle. Yeah, it looked like one of those big knitting needles. And then uh, immediately, Vigo Tex Mortensen grabs Michelle from the back. He wasn't, he wasn't hurt at all, folks. He's fine. Yep. Tinker can't shoot. This is, this is his house. So now Michelle's in trouble. And then they do the old. This is the one scene, this is the one scene I like that they have so far in every movie, is you get to meet the whole family. Yeah, it's the, like the, dinner time. The di- yeah, the dinner scenes, yeah. Dinner time with the Sawyers. <laughs> they And this is a fun one, too, because Vigo, like, nails her hands to the uh, the wooden, uh, the, the armrest of the chair. Like, drives a nail through each hand. In his apron. In his apron, yeah. And then the little girl is like, this is for, to, so we can feed Grandpa. And they do the old thing. Grandpa's even more, like, dusty and <laughs> decayed. Withered. Yeah, withered than usual. They take some of the blood out for Grandpa. Uh, Ma, they got someone they call Mama. This is not a grandma. This is just a mama. Mama's in, like, a wheelchair. She's got one of those voice boxes, probably a heavy smoker. <laughs> Yeah, Mama's so pretty def- creepy. Definitely some emphysema going on there. Yes. <laughs> Robot voice. So they, yeah, Stephen Hawking. The female version of Stephen Hawking, but not nearly as smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole family starts showing up one by one. Um, they call one guy Junior. I don't know. Junior drags like Ryan in. Uh, he's not dead, but he's like unconscious, and they they hang him up to to get ready to butcher him right in front of Michelle. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to have fresh meat for dinner. Yeah, so they're talking about some good cuts of meat on this one, hey mama, hey mama. Oh yeah, Red, redneck hillbillies scare me, man. Yeah, don't want to know what happens in the backwoods of Louisiana. Yes. Yep. And while this is all going down, uh, Benny's Benny's still out there, sneaking around the forest. He he encounters I don't even remember which one, which hillbilly. Was it? I don't remember. They, there's one one's Tinker. One, there's an Alfredo. There's a Junior. There's a lot of like inbred hillbillies running around. Yeah, too many to to know about. You know, like uh, yeah, I don't see. Um... Yeah, I see. Yeah, Tinker, Alfredo, Leatherface, Mama, Tex. I don't know. We'll just we'll just say one of the, one of the Bill Hillies. Yeah, he's skinny. He's skinny. He's humming to himself, just like out in the in the woods near their disposal pond. I guess you could call it. Need some privacy for masturbation. That's why he's out there. Basically, yeah, he's gonna toss one into the pond. Yep. Benny sneaks up on him, pulls a gun, you know, tells him to be quiet. 
uh, this crazy hillbilly guy like spits at Benny. So Benny just knocks him the F out. He falls into the pond, I assume dies there. I don't think we see that one again. I yeah, I don't think so. Well, maybe. Like I said, I can't. The skinny <laughs> ones, like Leatherface, is obviously Leatherface, Leatherface, but they just look the skinny, crazy ones. All kind of look alike to me. They definitely do. <laughs> and and not not you know you know not in a wrong turn kind of way because those movies, that's another series that we could do eventually. Yeah. Or inbred hillbillies, because we yeah, the hills have eyes, but I think that's only two or three movies. But wrong turn, they've done like six of them. Yep. <laughs> so then, uh, like, yeah, Benny, Benny eventually, well, they're back to the house. They're kind of messing with Michelle some more. Um, oh, yeah, Le- Leatherface is playing Speak and Spell. That was a fun, that was one of my, the only funny scenes. Like, he, uh, they have a picture of, like, a clown, and it's like, you know, what is this? Spell it. And he keeps typing in food <laughs> and, like, getting pissed off because that's not the answer. <laughs> oh, cannibals. Oh, cannibals. And then, uh, yeah, they're messing with Michelle. But just more creepy stuff. They're just like, Jun- Junior lacks them private parts. He, he removed mine. Like, this mama's saying this or something. I don't know what exactly they're talking about, but apparently Junior removed her private parts. And he's going to take Michelle's soon, too. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's what they're implying. But at that moment, Benny has found the house. Uh, he has loaded his, his machine gun and just, you know, for a survivalist, he he's not really about aiming. Yeah. Spray and pray. Yeah, he just unloads, I don't know, 40, 50 bullets through the window, spray and pray pretty recklessly. He does wound and or kill a few people. I I think he takes up Mama at this point. Mama certainly gets shot, and we never really see her again. Yeah. Grandpa, too. I think Grandpa was already dead, but he he gets, like, takes one to the face. Uh, kind of wounds a few of the other ones, Tex, and uh, I don't know who else. Yeah, because I remember Tex ripping off his apron while he was bleeding and going outside and having a fight with Benny. Yeah, 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 because at this point, Michelle Michelle gets badass, like, rips her hands, you know, through the head of the nails on the chair so that she can escape. She runs outside in the commotion. She and Betty are, yeah, are about to take off, um... <laughs> Leatherface gets in the truck, just hits Benny, but leaves the truck truck parked on top of his uh, body. I guess he just assumes he's dead, and then he Leatherface gets out and chases Michelle, who's running away. Meanwhile, Benny's like just fine. Out to the yeah, out to the feeder pond, but the truck is high enough so that it hit Benny. But when he went to the ground, it didn't run him over. He was just he, he's just uh, it's high enough that he was not injured as you've seen many times in action movies where they're laying flat on the ground and and the truck just barely passes or whatever just barely passes over them yeah yeah so yeah it's like uh leatherface gets out of the truck to chase down michelle benny a few moments later just crawls out from underneath and yeah that's when he has the the fight with tex vigo tex (laughs) mortensen vigo 
Aragorn texts Mortensen. <laughs> yes. And that's not including some of the other iconic movies that he's done, like History of Violence and uh, Eastern Promises. So <laughs> we're we're just we're just or Hidalgo, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, we're just saying Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but yeah, yes, you're uh, right. It's his most famous thing. Nobody, I don't know any big Hidalgo fans. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever actually seen the full movie of Hidalgo. I'm betting there that you can't get like a an extended version of Hidalgo like you can for Lord of the Rings, which I am gonna go see them in a few weeks. They're showing them here in the theater again, so I'm gonna go see them. Hell yeah, man! In the theater, a couple of weeks apart, so I think not this weekend, but it's the first one next weekend. I think I think the first one is next. I think Fellowship is next weekend. So, I wish we had something like that in Duluth, man. I had, uh, Lord of the yeah. Rings is a classic. It, it, it's nice, but you know, I, I already made plans to go to Crypticon because they are actually also doing uh, on Saturday the sixteenth. They're doing the full Dark Knight trilogy at the theater by my house. Oh, sweet! Four o'clock, seven o'clock, and ten fifteen, or whatever it is, something like that, and they're five dollars a piece. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> but anyway, yes, uh, they are fighting. Uh, Tex tries to hit him with, tries to hit Benny with an axe, like a fire axe. Uh, Benny wrestles it away from him, swings at Tex. Tex moves out of the way, opens up the, the uh, you know, hits the gas can with his the swing of his axe. So now gas is leaking all over. Eventually, he gets text on the ground. And they did make a point of this earlier to make sure to point this out. <laughs> yes. But as Benny and Sarah were smoking cigarettes, Sarah did stop him as he was trying to leave to make sure she gave him the Zippo lighter, which now he yeah, pulls yeah. out the Zippo lighter and lights the place up. Yeah, just the most like blatantly obvious foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah she's like, no, you keep it. And like close up of her zip with Zippo lighter in the palm of her hand. Yep. And here we use it. Ah, oh, you know, yeah. As soon as you see the gas can coming out, well, actually, yep. as soon as he got the lighter, it's kind of it's pretty obvious it's going to save something. But yeah, once the gas starts leaking everywhere, like oh, okay, here we go. Of course, he has. I don't even remember what his little quip was, but when he lights up the lighter, his text is laying on the ground, and then he tosses it into the pool of gasoline there but of course he had some sort of smart ass quip as well oh yeah and uh yeah he takes off after leatherface and michelle and uh yeah he catches up to him right by the feeder pond which now comes apart where it didn't make any sense to me either but uh <laughs> you're talking about the chainsaw in the water part yes <laughs> yes it's so, yeah, yeah. He Benny basically Leatherface is about to get Michelle near the feeder pond. Benny comes out of nowhere, like tackles Leatherface into the pond while the chainsaw's running, and it just kind of like slowly does revolutions in the center of the pond while continuing to run while they're in hand to hand combat, trying to punch each other. The chainsaw is floating. Yes. And and spitting out water like an outboard motor. Yes. 
And just spinning like a like a. I mean, there are Ferris spots. Wheel. Yes, there there are spots though too that you can, you know, you you can lock the the throttle in in the running position, which is really not recommended a lot no. of times. But uh, but it, it can you know it can can be done and. Uh, so anyway, yes, the chainsaw is floating. They're fighting. Eventually, Leatherface gets the upper hand and pushes Benny into the floating chainsaw, <laughs> which, uh, again, why the hell a chainsaw would float on a, in, in this pond? Because, like, they're, they're struggling. They're, you know, knee-deep, waist-deep in water, throwing punches at each other. And so, you know, it's not like the pond is only, like, you know, six inches deep, so where it's, like, sitting on a block of mud or anything like that it's just floating on the top of the water and yes it is spitting out water like it's an outboard motor yeah <laughs> and 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 eventually yeah he leatherface wrestles benny into the chainsaw uh michelle again freaks out but she's had plenty of time to get up so she can run away but of course she didn't because that would just be a weird thing to do in a horror movie is to run away from the thing that's trying to kill you. <laughs> um, so now they completely ripped off Friday the 13th at this point because, you know, Leatherface just jumps out of the water like Jason always does, grabs Michelle, and uh, she does actually get away from him. Yeah, well, she... She has a uh, armadillo moment here. She grabs a rock, bashes Leatherface in the head, and <laughs> yeah, she she got over her queasiness at smashing things with rocks. I mean, it's a little different when you run something over and your life isn't in danger. But you know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if my life was in danger and the only way that I was going to save myself was to hit something in the head with a rock, I'd probably be able to do that too. Yeah, all about it. But uh, yeah, so. She gets there. She's uh, wandering through. Sees this flaming pillar thing. Uh, sun, you know, sun starts coming up. She sits down on a tire. She's just watching these flames. She looks like she's kind of out of it. She's probably a little bit traumatized for what uh, she has just seen. Yeah, I'd and imagine been, and been through. When uh, a truck pulls up and it says last chance gas station on it, she freaks out. And it's like, hey, Benny opens the door. He's like, hey, it's just me. Just, you know, like, let's get you here. Let's go home. So starts helps her into the truck, goes around to the driver's side to where uh, he's going to get in so they can take off. When he gets hit in the back with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and it is Tinker. Tinker is back. Remember Tinker, everybody. He's yep. the creepy, the creepy peeper from the gas station. Yep, he's the peeping, peeping Tinker. And yeah, so a little bit of a fight there. Um, he's trying to get into the, he's trying to get into the car. Smashes the driver's side window with a sledgehammer, as Michelle's on the passenger side. Um, She's trying, you know, she's trying to reach. There's a shotgun in the back there. She's trying to reach for it. She can't figure out where he is because he's gone. I forget what she did. Did she like hit him? She hit him with a door or something like that because he moved away from the driver's side. 
Couldn't figure out where he went. She's looking for him. She's reaching for the shotgun. Uh, he tries to open up the passenger door. Again, smashes that. Gets into the back of the truck. Smashes the back window. Knocks the shotgun to the floor. He's in the back of the truck. You know, swing. You know, talking about how he's he's you know going to show her a good time and this that the other thing. She eventually reaches, grabs the shotgun as he's in the back of the truck, and she points at him, and he's like, oh, what are the odds that girl like you knows how to use a gun like that, California girl like you knows how to use a gun like that? And she obviously pumps the shotgun because, you know, she couldn't do that when she first picked it up. And she's like, pretty goddamn good, and shoots him. And then gets out, helps Benny into the truck. Now she's she's gone from barely sane enough to recognize Benny. She's that hysterical when he first came across her to the fight with Tinker. Now she's the one who's gonna be driving. So and then yeah, they drive off into the sunset to get Benny home or some sort of medical attention after being hit in the back with a sledgehammer. And roll <laughs> credits. Yeah, um, <laughs> as we hinted, not nearly enough death for me. Like of the good guys who died, it was Ryan and, and Sarah. And Sarah, and that's yeah. it. Two, two in a slasher movie. Yo, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. Did you watch the credits forever for the whole entire thing or not? No. Okay. I well I didn't watch I didn't watch the entire credits, but I did see a couple I did see one thing that kind of stood out is that Kane Hodder, the guy who played Jason in a bunch of the movies, was the stunt coordinator for this movie. Oh really? No, yep. I did not notice that. Yep. He was he did this he was the stunt coordinator for this movie. Like we said, the uh favorite death, I'm going with Armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> Armadillo was the most disturbing death. It was laying there squeaking, all innocent, and then got crushed with a rock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that there really wasn't a whole lot that went on in this movie. And said, you know, it needed some editing, more death, a lot more bees. You know, usually the boobs boobs can counteract a lack of bodies and or blood. They didn't they didn't have enough of any of them. None no. boobs. No, and I don't know. Yeah, it didn't feel. I there was not one point where I felt actually, you know, like, oh wow, this is a, some sort of scary. This was how much time do I? Have? I think I checked the the, the run time on like the time that I had left on it twice during this movie, which normally I don't do. <laughs> yeah, it was a slow one, man, and a lot of stuff didn't make sense, which I guess happens in many horror movies, but this one. I think it was just the, the the bad pacing and lack of action really made it stand out. I don't know. Well, like there are things that don't make sense, but there there's also um, like the, this didn't the, this whole movie didn't make sense. No, there was this was almost seemed again. Kind of like what we like what we had, uh, I guess with part two or whatever with with the uh, um, 
just you know they have to come out with a movie every so often so they don't lose the the license to do any of these movies like they did with the Hellraiser movie. So like that that's what it honestly seemed you know seemed like to me. So that would explain I, it. I just yeah it it didn't it didn't make any bit of sense like this movie did not further the plot at all of of anything uh, it it just was there and you know that there it wasn't scary it wasn't bloody it wasn't you know it, it just it wasn't good yeah and yeah the good guys kept almost dying you know benny almost died 3 times or something even Ryan, like I wouldn't have been surprised if Ryan was just in the truck at the end of this, because like nobody ever died. Well, Benny probably shot Ryan because he wanted a piece of Michelle anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did on loan, pretty pretty willy nilly. Um, and this one, I will say, I thought it was better than part two, but part two was awful. This was just bad. It got a it got a five on IMDb, which feels too high. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes score. Critic score was thirteen percent. The audience score was thirty-one percent. Yeah, that sounds more accurate to me. So next up, we got Texas: The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the New Generation. Uh, this one is from nineteen ninety-five. Is what it says, and there are a couple of names that you will recognize in this. This one has got Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey in it. So now, when he revs up the chainsaw, it'll be like, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> and it's, I am not hopeful. IMDb gives us one a three point three. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes has got it at sixteen and eighteen percent. So, oh my gosh, probably not going to get better until we get into the. Uh... The more modern ones, it feels like. Yeah, it was probably not. Yeah, it, it's yeah gonna just be yeah. But I think this is the last one uh, until you get into the reboots from like two thousand, the early two thousands. Which is weird because the first one was like good. I thought the yes. first one was good, and they I don't know. I would just think you. You copy that formula and magic, but they, they like completely deviated in part two and uh, certainly didn't fix it in part three. Yeah, they made they made part two more of like a mystery movie than a than a horror movie. Yeah. And, you know, because it was more about the investigation of the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre than it was anything else. And so, yeah, I, I just, I'm hoping, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the, uh, the newer ones are better. I mean, they, they, they can't get any worse. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I, like I said, I've seen at least some of them and I like them. I think they're way better. Lots of people die. I can't wait. And yeah, and, and they have some, uh, bigger names and probably you know some some better uh acting chops yeah for sure so uh yeah so we will be back uh, i don't know you got anything else any other opinions on 
hope living at this living up to the hope of the first one no right now i think yeah we're just gonna power through these uh not great ones and hopefully get to the better ones shortly all right well yeah i think we can call it here this is actually turned into a long episode we did it <laughs> we yeah we got we got an hour and 16 minutes I mean, yes uh, i would have not been surprised had it been you know about 45 minutes but <laughs> well thank you uh magic the gathering and your bloody hand story yes yes bloody hands save the day and i think that might be <laughs> that that might be the the title of the podcast perfect <laughs> all right we are signing off for this week we will be back next week with another episode of the beauty and degeist podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to bye folks